What is up? What is happening? Welcome back to episode 107 of Skates at the Stakes. We do have some news to talk about today. Nothing too major. A few minor league signings, potential big club signings, question mark? I don't know. We'll get into it. Uh, first, let's see how our co-hosts are doing. Ryan, start off, starting off with you. How you doing, buddy? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Skates at the Stakes. Very excited to be with you guys tonight. Uh, thanks for all the love and the support on the last episode. Wound up being one of our, personally, I think our best yet, and most people listen to it, so we really appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, we're back to the kind of remote setup this week, but really excited to bring you guys the, I guess, the new Islanders podcast. Last year, we waited all off-season to get some Islanders through the door, uh, through the Hudson fashion. Dennis Shalowski and a uh, couple of other new friends but uh, we got some new friends this week also some AHL guys returning so some fun stuff and there's also the uh, Debrinket rumors still out there and other trades and big hockey trade type things but without further ado Jake how you doing pal? What's up guys um, yeah what Ryan said thank you guys for the support I definitely think the live podcast format was a huge success we'll definitely bring that more in the future when we can um and yeah Lou was announcing all these signings and we did make a move today um i'm sure we will have a moment of silence for andy andreov as he is no longer a birchwood islander he's going to the khl i'm sure aj is very upset about that but it's all right we move on uh we got three new players and uh we'll break it all down yeah i guess we'll kick it off with that andy andreov was uh put on waivers for what's the correct term termination of contract Mutual termination of contract. Okay. So he, Along- wanted, he wanted out, so. Alongside him was Philip Zadina of the Detroit Red Wings, which gets interesting for the DeBrinket saga. We'll get into that later, though. Um, I'm happy for Andy Andreoff. Obviously, in my opinion, I think Lou did this to help him. The guy's going to make bank in the KHL. Good for him. He deserves it. He's not, you know, he's an in-between guy. He's not really an NHLer, but he's also too good for the AHL. I know he's older, he's like 28 or 29 now, if I if my memory serves me correct, but I'm happy for him to get a chance to really prove himself in a bigger league than the AHL, because he was never getting that chance here. Lou did the right thing, I know some people were like, oh, why didn't you trade a pick for him, or, you know, get a fifth or a sixth round pick? Then no one's coming to the door, knocking on the door, asking for fucking Andy Andreoff, let's be real here. Lou did the right thing, Lou did right by the guy, and this is what Lou does. I'm very happy for both parties, and I wish him nothing but, you know, success, and thank you for the great memory of scoring on that mid-Igor Shesterkin. Yeah, he's 32. Um, oh, 32. The, wow. Yeah. I just got yeah, off rookie so he, cards, I'm trying to think. Yeah, 32. Yeah. He led the H on goals, so I'm sure he got a much better contract than the whatever he was getting paid here so i understand um and you know it was a successful few years in bridgeport and obviously i was there for the one goal he scored off that mid goalie so some good times i was going through my twitter today because uh, obviously we all know i was a big andreoff guy i thought i had more tweets about him i really didn't i probably like didn't use his name that much i might be why i might have said like goat whenever bridgeport tweeted about him but I only had tweets making fun of him and his tenure being a New York Islander. Not because he was here, but because he was here. It wasn't his fault. It was more the fault that the entire team was dying with COVID. And we had to watch, you know, Otto Koivula manage the second line because the league wouldn't shut shut our team down. Because, you know, thanks, Gary. Thomas Hickey getting top four minutes. Thomas Hickey playing forward almost worst part is actually happened when there wasn't a pandemic going around didn't he score that game too when he was playing wing he got a couple back when he was like full-time winger during the Doug Waite year um you know this is what I've wanted Bridgeport to do for a while I think it's a good you know we're not using the minor leagues correctly I think it's a good place to give a lot of guys who are you know kind of falling out of the league you know, another shot to redeem their career down there. I think Andreoff was, like, his skill set didn't fit the NHL. But, you know, the fact that he's going to be able to have used our farm system, go make some money in the KHL, really good stuff for him. And, you know, we'll talk about it later, but some other fringe NHL guys got in their system this week. And hopefully they become Andy Andreoff success stories, but in the NHL and not leaving for the K. 
Yeah, we'll see how he does. I'm, you never walk alone, Andy Andreoff. Good player. Good, good player in the bit role he played. I, I think we did midseason report cards this year, or it might have been last year, and Jake or eight, one of you two gave Andy like a B, and I was like, a B, really? And then you were like, yeah, he did, uh, he did everything that you could have asked of him. And I was like, yeah, no, exactly. That kind of makes sense. Probably me. Yeah, you almost gave him an A for Andy. I do remember saying A for Andy. That that would have been electric. Yeah, I mean, you know, did his job. I think that's enough Andy Andreev talk for an entire year now. Moving on to the AHL signings right away. We had uh, some pretty notable names. We'll start off with, well, you know, we'll work our way up. We got Brian Pinho from the Washington Capitals organization. You might not remember this, but he played on the Capitals in the bubble against the Islanders. Yeah, that's really all I have to say. He's he's a fine AHLer. Do not expect him wearing a New York Islanders jersey unless something really bad happens. Yeah, he's 28 years old. He plays center. Um, I think automatically just by being able to breathe and lay skates, he dumps auto in my depth charts. Um, I mean, so he's going to go over auto. It's a real coin uh, Jake, flip no, there. But, yeah. Moving on to the next guy, Carson Kuhlman. This one's a more notable name. You probably have heard of him. He played for the Bruins and the Seattle Kraken. Depth forward. Fine, fine player. Not, you know, kind of like in the Andrea role. Maybe not good enough to be an everyday bottom six guy. But still a very solid forward and probably could crack a really bad lineup. Like, you know, in Arizona. He didn't, obviously, or else he would be there, not here. So we signed an AHO deal here. We have him. We'll see what he can do. I'm not getting my hopes too high for Carson Kuhlman in the year 22-23, but uh, or I guess it would be 23-24. But it's a decent depth move at that, and you really can't complain. You're getting rid of Andreov, and you're replacing him with another NHL-caliber type guy. Cool with that. Yeah, he hasn't played in the AHL since 2020, so he's, really? you know, Wow. Yes. Um, so with Boston and the Kraken and the Jets, he obviously hasn't played a full season. He's either been injured or in the press box. But, yeah, hasn't been in the AHL for a few years. So. Yeah, so Coolman, he was on that Bruins team we played in the bubble. We didn't really see too, too much of him that series. Uh, he was on a Bruins team that made a Stanley Cup final, if I'm looking at this correctly, the 18-19 team. We played eight games in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he, in the past year, he played his most – games in the NHL between the Seattle Kraken and the Winnipeg Jets. He winds up playing 47 games. Uh, you know, very, very bottom-of-the-lineup depth guy. Um, this is kind of going to be a nice little experiment. Is our, like, is an average NHL depth player better than Ross Johnson? Um, I mean, I guess yes here. I think it's really good value to get a guy who, can, who has proven before he's played in 40-plus NHL games throughout the year in case injuries happen, just so we don't get another crisis where we have to play, like, I don't want to harp on Otto Koivula, but the Otto Koivula's Andy Andreas of the world and Ross Johnson's um, in case of a crisis. So I, I think there's a pretty good insurance move on our end. I think we all know who's not getting invited to uh, Otto Koivula's birthday party this year. He knows what he did. He knows what he did. Last but not least, the most exciting and most talked about signing, Julian Gauthier, uh, obviously very well known for his time on our arch-rival, New York Rangers. He played very well against us this year. He had some really nice moves, just couldn't finish, which is kind of the story with him. He also played on the Carolina Hurricanes, and he was traded to Ottawa this season for Tyler Mott. Very quick winger, very speedy winger, very skilled player. Uh, he just can't finish. He has good hands, good speed. Maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. I see people really overhyping this signing right now. I like it. I'm very happy we made this move. It's a great, you know, high high reward, low risk move. I'm seeing people putting him on the first line right now. Brother, he hasn't had more than 14 points in an NHL season. Now, I understand he hasn't played on a line with anywhere, anybody near Matthew Barzal's caliber or Bo Horvat. Still don't think a 14-point career-high player should be playing next to him just right away. 
two days after we sign him. Maybe give it a training camp in a few games before we put a 14-point player next to, uh, what, what are we calling it, $16 million, $17 million? That's just me, though. I think it could work. I think his speed could really suit Barzal, and he could maybe even be a very solid NHL player for us. I just want to wait and see how things happen before I overreact and, you know, call this guy the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so my best friend, uh, Kevin, shout out to Kev if he's listening, but um, he's a Rangers fan, and he's been singing this guy's praises to me for years. We were at a bar for the December Islanders-Rangers game watching together, and he was praising Gaudier all night, and Julian had an awesome game that night. Look, I'm welcoming him to the team. I thought when he was on the Rangers, like, that there was the big joke about him was he misses a lot. Like, he'll get a good look and then miss. But, um, you know, we can reclaim that. We could coach that up. I think he can fit in on this team as, like, a rotational third liner. Um, I think if he's on the fourth line, that's a really good sign of what we're moving towards. He's not really a fourth checker, but... He can fill in if Zach decides to retire after this season. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, there's a lot of raw talent here that you can harness if Ottawa, Carolina, the Rangers couldn't. Don't feel crazy confident we can, but he has a really good build and really good skating. Um, I, I think there is a player here. I'm really interested to see what we're able to do with it. Um, you know, for a league men signing, this is exactly what we want. And one of the things I wanted this offseason was a breakaway guy. And he could be a breakaway guy with how fast he moves with the puck and how good he is getting forward on the ice. I think calling, um, asking for a breakaway guy is an interesting way to put it. I don't hate the term. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Could you explain to people what a breakaway guy would be in your opinion? Because I haven't really heard this term used that often. Yeah, I use it often. I mean, breakaway guy just throwing it out there is Grabner. I mean, guy who gets down the ice quick is able to get a one-on-one with a defenseman or, you know, get a fast entry into the zone. Um, I think, you know, Gaudi is skating, lets him do that. And just someone we could throw out there on a shootout and have a chance. Um, that That's another thing. You know, just someone who the puck's able to find them and they're able to skate down the ice and get like a on-man rush or something. Um, you know, a, a rush starter from our own end. Yeah, that's a fair description. I think I'd prefer a 40-goal getter, but hey, I think the breakaway guy's a little bit easier to find, don't you think? Yeah, you're not getting a you're not getting a forty goal guy for you know nine hundred thousand unless his name's Zach Parise. Um It's it's just not happening. So I'm not gonna go crazy over it. Um, I think this makes Wally super expendable now for a trade. Um, you know, we could get into the thirty two thoughts thing in a little bit. But Jake, what do you think about Gaudier before we kind of talk about other topics? Yeah, I mean, first off, we got him for pretty cheap. Two years, one-way deal, 775000 AAV. So that's pretty, you know, solid money-wise. Didn't get too much. Um, at worst, you know, he's probably going to be the 13th forward. You know, the, is Ross getting bought out? We don't know. But um, super fast. Uh, he's decent at play driving. But other than that, there's not really too much he does well. Like you brought up, an atrocious shooter. Um, obviously, he had that game against us, like you brought up. He absolutely owned our guy, Robin Sal, on a few occasions. Um, but people putting him on the fourth and the, uh, the first line, I mean, stop. This is just like, stop. He's, his career high in points is nine or uh, 14 because he got nine with the Rangers. I, I read that wrong. But really fast. Um, I think he could fit on the fourth line if, you know, we're abandoning the identity line. We're trying to get faster there. Wouldn't mind him on the left wing. I think he's a good 13th forward. He works on a shooting. You know, that could be a decent bottom six player. Um, I'm going to love saying real Gautier hours when he scores. Um, solid signing. I'm, you know, I'm not knocking it. I think it's a good signing, but I'm also not going to overreact and say that he should be in the top six right now. And I can't wait to see Gautier next to Matt Barzell. Like, I don't want, I'm sick of that talk, but good signing. Yeah, I think we should also uh, get into the other AHL deals that we did bring back. We brought back Cole Bardreau, Jeff Kubiak, and we brought in a kid from the uh, Quinnipiac team. His name was Joey... What was it? Joey... Jake, what's his name? It was Joey what? 
Joey Cipollone. He was in Quinnipiac the past few years. Um, I mean, yeah, I said that. Uh, a player? No. <laughs> he, he won the national title a, this year. Only like, a player. I can say played where, you know, same state as Bridgeport. They played in Bridgeport's arena, too. I believe they play at Webster Bank. I'm not too sure about that, though. Yay. Cool. Uh, future 50-goal scorer in the NHL. Hot take. Woo! We'll see. Uh, it's depth. It's a college guy wanting to be an Islander, so you never say no to that, I guess. Unless they're really bad. Yeah, go uh, go Bridgeport. You know, we'll we'll see what happens down there. Uh, these are the signs I signings I don't really like Bridgeport making, except uh, for Joey here. Uh, you know, they could kind of start moving away from the Kubiaks and Gold Bardros and get some guys who might be on the fringes of playing in the NHL. But it's also hard to get guys to Bridgeport. So who knows? It's fun. Yeah. Should we uh, talk about the? Uh big story that's going on recently well i guess we could get into the wallstrom thing before we get into the trade targets uh, they're both kind of related um you know 32 thoughts la friedman this podcast was their end of the year one uh nothing really too juicy on the islanders just like people thought it was very interesting that they did the long-term deals uh this podcast was super well cut and it stayed in the podcast but elliot said that he heard reports that um that oliver wallstrom was going to request a trade at the end of the season and then he went to the agent and the agent said they never requested a trade but the fact it made it into the podcast i thought it was super interesting um and a little telling on you know i think that would have been cut if there was nothing to that um i think it's an interesting rumor and a wrinkle to the debrinkat saga going on right now but um you know just knowing lou and how he treats uh guys on rfa contracts and guys who don't really want to be here i, I don't know if wally's long for the island it's definitely interesting and i'm not opposed to anything right now I've seen some takes that he has no value, and I disagree. He definitely has some value. You see what these guys are going for. Yeah, you could also make the case that you see a guy like Kaylor Yamamoto and Clem Costin go for absolutely nothing. Fair. But Walsham still is very young, still in his RFA deal, still has a lot of potential. Nils Lundqvist got a first-round pick last year. I know defense, I, is Nils a lefty or righty? I'm not sure. If he's a righty, you know, right-hand defense is always an expensive position. We traded for, uh, first for Romanov. I definitely think Walsham does have some value. Uh, do we know what Hadness uh, Nils Lundquist is? Nils is a righty. Okay, so, I mean, yeah, righties will always have value in the league. It's very well known, and that's probably why he ended up getting a first. But the point still stands. Uh, he's not a very great hockey player. Wallstrom hasn't also been a great hockey player. I still think he has some value. I'm not saying it's a first round pick, but he's not. He's not. He has some trade value. If we're doing the whole NHL, uh, be a GM thing, the the bar goes up a little bit. Yeah, he's he's a league men player at this point, still looking to earn a payday, but he has enough good traits, good quality of his shot, good offensive instincts. That you could probably get a second or a third for him, depending on the team. And that would be, like, his trade value. So, you know, nothing nothing crazy surprising there. We, we know what Wally is. Um, you know, he can hit another level. I think he's going to hit another level within the next year or two. But it's just if, if he wants out, I'm, I'm not going to hold him hostage because there are big fish out there, and using an equivalent of a second-round pick would really help. There's a few big fish, and... Then there's a pretty small, peculiar fish that might not want to be an Islander. Alex Dabrinkit. Everything's pointing to him going to Detroit right now. I don't want to burst everyone's bubble. It's going to really suck if it happens again. The Islanders get name-dragged and not get, you know, you know, get the uh, girl at the ballroom dance. If we get left hanging once again in July... All you can do is kind of laugh at this point. Are you going to cry? What, what, what are we going to do here? It was Tavares screwing us over, Panarin, Kadri. Uh, not really Kadri, but Gaudreau, Kadri. Am I forgetting somebody? I'm probably forgetting somebody. Panarin, Tavares, Gaudreau, Kadri. 
There was no one there in, was in between year, ones. right? There was no one the 2020 year. Woohoo! We made it a year no, without no getting dragged through the sand. It's going to suck. It's really going to sting for the fan base. We were very excited. And I'm not blaming Rosner. I'm not blaming Gross. If we don't get them, they're just reporting what they were hearing. And things change very quick in this league, as we do know. So we'll see what happens. I still think there's a possibility. I think it's under 30% chance we get them. Things have gotten very quiet on the Debrinket front, though, which, you know, maybe lose lurking, maybe lose trying to get, get the deal done. Pagnotta put out a video today, or he was on NHL Network, and they put that video out, excuse me. And he said Detroit's trying to work everything out now, but there's other teams lurking. He said the Islanders, and there's always a chance of a mystery team. Yay, the Johnny Gaudreau saga all over again. I don't know, man. If we don't get him, I'm, I know Ryan has a very strong opinion. If we don't get him because he doesn't want to play here, fuck him. What's whatever. It would suck because this happens every time. But, like, enough's enough with us not being able to land the big fish. Ryan, the floor is yours. I cannot wait to hear this. I mean, there's not too much to say. I mean, as a Mets fan, I dealt with this with Trevor Bauer um, a couple years ago where, you know, the Mets guy used his leverage on his way to the Dodgers. Uh, this situation's a little different, but it was a two-man race at a point. It was the Islanders and uh, and the Detroit Red Wings and Alex DeBrincate's cat camp always wanted to go home. Like, that That seems like what they want to do. At the time of this recording, like, this is a 99% hope uh, one percent chance type scenario so i'm gonna be you know right out of pocket like you know speak my mind on this i i think that this guy has a ton of red flags um if he comes here like you know maybe he can talk me into him but he has a ton of red flags he really has only played on losing teams throughout his career he really was a merchant off patrick kane for most of his career back when kane was good um so a couple of years back, he went to a young Ottawa team and he should have been able to step up as that team hit the next level and he didn't. I mean, you know, that team could have really used him this year as they tried to turn into the Super Sens. And uh, the second the offseason ends, he wants to get paid by like a superstar. He goes out to a bunch of different teams. He asks for the superstar contract. Ottawa very generously lets him go reach out to these other teams and negotiate his own trade. And they don't want to pay him what he wants. He wants Timo Meyer money. He wants an eight by eight or eight years by $8.8 million, which adds up to a crazy amount of money. Um, what teams see him, they see him more in that Jasper Bratt range, like right below $8 million. He scores a lot of goals, doesn't play a lot of defense. He has a lot of red flags. I'm not... You know, I had to really sell myself on the player. If we don't get him, I don't care. Um, I don't, I again, I think it would be really good to have Barzal, Horvat, Dabrinkat on this team. I don't think a team in Detroit is going to win with Alex Dabrinkat as their second best player, but I think as like, you know, the fifth fifth best player on the Islanders behind Barzal, Horvat, uh, Sorokin, and then maybe, you know, you take one of the P's or you uh, take whatever Dobson grows into eventually. You take Brock Nelson. Like, he's obviously, like, the fifth best player on this team, but he wants to go be the second best player in Detroit, which, or third, I guess, with Sider, uh, Sider and Larkin. Good for him, man. Like, go do that. Go be home. Go live in your parents' basement. Who cares? But it's just really frustrating. He, he has a chance to join a team that can really contend and make some fight in the East. Uh, but I'm already moved on mentally. I just kind of wish this guy didn't use us as leverage because he's really, like, barely a top 50 player in the league, if if that, top 50 forward. I think it's a little bit unfair to him to say he's more of a Jesper Brett than a Timo Meyer. Looking at the stats, he definitely is outproduced Brett. If you want to call him a merchant of Patrick Kane, sure, fair. That's, you know, that's another argument, but I think he definitely is. Oh, should be paid a little bit more than Brad just from the stats. What stats? Well, what are you looking at here? The points, the goals, the consistency. All from of them is better season? than Brad. Last season? No, from the last uh, six seasons Brad he's been in the league. From the last six. The last le- two seasons? From the last six. The last six seasons. If Yeah, if you go their whole career, sure, but you're paying for Alex Dabrinka in 2023. You're not paying for him his rookie year. Like, Brad blossomed the last two years. It makes sense to pay him like Brad. He played on a Chicago team that didn't play defense. 
all I'm saying is the player's going to look for money that's more similar to Timo Meyer than Jesper Bratt when he's producing more like Timo Meyer than Jesper Bratt. I don't think that's very far. Timo was point per game, you know? They literally have the same amount of points this year. Points? I, I saw Timo had more goals. I mean, yeah. and that's a, and we've, we've said it was a down year for Brinkett, too, so. Yeah, it was a down year for. And he had the same amount of points as Timo. I don't think his camp trying to get a fair evaluation for him is terrible, but if you're fucking the island is over, fuck you. I, I just don't think he's in that price range if he doesn't play defense. I mean, I don't know. I was getting Yashin vibes from the whole thing. I, I really didn't want the, this little guy take over our franchise. Uh, with I don't know. Is is he worth more than Bo Horvat? I don't think so. I, I don't think he's worth more than Matt Barzal. I don't think he should be up in there in price. Um, I think he would have to fall in line under Horvat somewhere in between 8 and 8.5, if that makes sense. Yeah, I have him personally. The perfect price for me would be 8.1. Definitely not worth more than Horvat just because of the two-way game, the face-offs. He's a better scorer, no shit. More consistent scorer over his career. But Horvat brings the intangibles and the side of hockey you need to win a Stanley Cup. He's definitely not worth over 8.5. If he gets that, fair enough. A team would definitely pay over 8.5 if he was a free agent right now. But it looks like they're not. It looks like Eisenman doesn't want to give him the term. I don't know. It's definitely a weird case with him, and I don't want to make rumors up and say stuff when we're really not in there, in the scenes, in the trenches, knowing what's going on right now. So maybe one day we'll find out, but uh, hopefully Lou pulls it out, and if he doesn't, Debrink it's a loser. Yeah, I mean, there's the alternative cases. It, it's also the kid, Debrinkit, by the Ottawa media. He wants to go and hit free agency again. So he's only 25 years old. He wants to hit it again and get two big paydays here, which if that's what he wants, he wants to get his money that way, go for it. But also, like, you know, I'm going to kind of judge him for that because he should be looking to settle in his next home and compete for a Stanley Cup if he wants to be in this league for a while. But he's trying to play this meta with the salary cap rising and hit the hit free agency one more time for another big pay, payday. You could get paid right now. You don't know what's going to happen in the next two years. You could tear your ACL off the bone. Like something, something could happen. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example, but think of uh, John Klingberg. John Klingberg could have been a seven million dollar player, right? Um, he winds up going to Anaheim, taking a one year, and then his career falls off. And then this year he signs another one year for like four point five million dollars. Like take the financial security now, fall in line with the team's cap structure, and pay the or seek the benefits. I, I don't know what this Detroit deal is gonna look like, but it could be like only a couple of years because he wants to hit free agency again. By what people are saying about his agent. Yeah, you have to like you said with the agent, you have to assume the agent's in his ear in <clears throat> excuse me, in Debrinket's ear trying to work out the best scenario for both the player and himself, because he's gonna get a very hefty pay raise here. Or at least pay, maybe not a pay raise. If you go back into free agency with the cap going up ten million dollars in three years, he's probably gonna get nine and a half with the cap going up, I don't think that's much of a hot take. If he stays around this level or improves like he probably will next year, probably gets nine and a half in a better cap situation. I understand that these agents are going to try to make their players play the long game to get better contracts, to get bigger tickets as well. I don't know how I feel about it. Like you said, the John Klingberg example, perfect to a T. The guy could have had seventy million dollars or sixty-four. I forget what the deal was. It was like seven times seven. Might have been forty-nine or if you know what it is, just yeah. Cut it, was, me it was a fifty million dollar contract. 50, okay. So, like, you don't have to do the math, but yeah, it was, it was like around I said fifty 70. million. Dollar <laughs> I said seventy, but his agent told him no. We can get more than that. We can go somewhere else. We can go to a better team, maybe. Even though Dallas is a really good spot. Uh, and then he got a one-year deal for what was it, six million dollars? And now he's kind of floating around the league. He got traded to Minnesota. He just signed in Toronto one year, $4 million. Wouldn't have been nice just to, you know, stay at the team that drafted you, chilled out, been a hometown hero, and make $50 million. These agents really get in guys' ears and screw with them sometimes to try to get their own bag. 
Yeah, and I mean, just from the vibe in Ottawa, everyone's excited to see this guy go. Um, they're more excited for the trade return, but we'll see. I mean, you got to, you know, I, the Islanders, if we got this guy, this is, this is exactly what the ownership wants. They want to sell stars at UBS Arena. And even though it's very un- unorthodox from what we would have thought the stars at UBS Arena would have been a year ago, Horvat to bring Kat Barzal. That's three stars. Go compete for a cup. Um, you know, it brings fans in. It would be really cool the experience there. Um, in Detroit, I mean, he goes and he's going to ride shotgun to Dylan Larkin, passing it to Ben Sherrod and Justin Hall and having fun. I I really don't know what Detroit's doing. It seems like they're trying to take the jump from being like the 25th best in, team in the league to the 20th best team in the league. Uh, maybe this is a big part of their long game. But, uh, you know, if the guy's begging to come to you, if we had a guy out there begging to come to Long Island and we could get him pretty cheap, I, I would take him on. So I don't fault Detroit for making the trade. I just, I think like, you know, I, I think going home's a little bit overrated here. I saw someone on Twitter made a NHL 23 lineup with the brinket in it. And it still really sucked. You have Andrew Kopp and JT Comfer on your second line. Yeah, man, that's going to win you the Stanley Cup with a shaky defense core and not a Vezina-caliber goalie. I mean, Huso's fine. I like Huso, but, like, you know, they're still paying Ben Sherrod a lot of money. They're still paying Kopp uh, and Comfer money to be elite forwards. Not Maybe not elite forwards, but, you know, middle six forwards when they are, but... That's not getting you far in the playoffs here now, is it? Lucas Raymond will take a step up probably. I have a lot of um, respect for him. I think he's a very good player, but they're not going to win now. He's just going to another situation where Steven I- Steven Eisenman, well, I'm going to call him Steven, Stevie Eisenman just punts every year. They were almost considering making the playoffs this year. People are like, oh, watch out for the scary Red Wings. They had a really good stretch, and then they just punted it away again. Will they finally make the playoffs this year? Maybe the Panthers are the Panthers look all right. Boston, you know, I'm not gonna ever count them out. With the Brinkett, I still don't think the Red Wings are a playoff team. I think we're still a lot better than them. We're a lot deeper than them. We're a lot more proven than they are. Ottawa's better than them. Ottawa's gonna have a good team this year. I'm hoping if uh, I we know how much I do like the Senators here. If they do trade him to Detroit, they get some good players back that are NHL ready so they can compete. Because how can you not root for hometown guy, Shane Pinto, Stutzel's fun. They have a fun, good team. So we always want Ottawa to be better than Detroit here now if this trade goes down. And you really can't blame Pierre Dorian either. Dorian wants to make the trade to the Islanders. Why would he want to trade a, I'm not going to call him a superstar, but a very talented winger in his division for non-NHL caliber guys. His job could be on the line here. This might be the make-or-break season, and he's going to be trading his prized possession right now for guys he might never see play in an Ottawa Senators jersey. How stupid is that? He wants Pajot. He might want Walsh, and probably wants Walsh because, you know, high... Low risk, high reward type player could work out there. He wants these guys that are NHL ready now. He should at least. Maybe he doesn't. He should want these guys that are NHL ready now over what's Detroit going to give up? I I don't know. Maybe Bergeron? Maybe. I don't think they're giving up Casper, uh, Marco Casper in the, in the trade. What NHL guys uh, are they giving it's up? It's going to come back crazy low. I mean, again. Detroit is in the pecking order. If you look at that Atlantic division, you probably say the best team right now is in some order, Toronto. Then you have the second tier of teams, which is Boston and Tampa, which one of them is probably going to fall off um, eventually. I think they both have an equal chance of having one last great run as, uh, you know, missing the playoffs next year because they're both kind of getting old and a little long in the tooth in their roster decisions. Then you get Florida, which had a really good team, but they're banged up after the cup. You could see them missing. Then you have teams like Buffalo who are ready to take the step. Then you have Ottawa, which I think is a great place to be if you're a scoring winger right now between Norris and Stutzel and a pretty good defensive core. 
Um, you know, and then you have Detroit at the bottom, and Detroit's just kind of squandering, trying to take this great leap to be competitive with the rest of the teams. And I, I don't really know what they're doing here. At least Montreal is trying to hit the bottom again. Um, they didn't really do anything crazy in free agency. But, you know, you want to look at the, the moves Detroit was making. It's, it's like it's crazy that they're even think they could consider a playoff berth taking, you know, no offense to your boy, but the Daniel Sprung on the second line is a little bit of an eyesore. And then uh, you got Dustin Hall and all those moves. Um, no real long-term solution. Now I think Huso's deal's up after this year. Um, and that prospect they drastic Kosa or something's been god awful down in the ECHL so it's getting ugly for Detroit I don't really trust this Yeiser plan thing I think it might go another year or two but it's it's been an absolute failure because they never they never got any assets for their players they just kept waiting building a dirt cheap team being terrible losing the lottery and then got what are we supposed to do it was a lottery um, that was that was always very annoying, and that's exactly why I never want to fall in the cycle of tanking because you wind up with something like this team. That's more than fair, in my opinion, too. Unless, yeah, they, they always blame the lottery odds in Detroit. It's very annoying. Unless there's a generational talent or two generational talents, then if you're a borderline team, it makes sense to tank, but I wouldn't want to blow everything up. Just draft better. Like, that's that's the thing. Draft better. If you go through their NHL drafts, they could have taken Quinn Hughes over Zadina. Like, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but you could have made better draft picks. You guys were in the top ten picks for a long, long time, and you definitely did not do the best you could have here. Um, the cider you know, pick like, was I incredible, a good pick, but... What's up? I was going to say a cider was a one out of one. Yeah, Cider, but Cider, they went totally off the board, and he's been good so far. Um, he's been we'll see great. Where it goes, but After getting perfect. away from Ben Sherrod, he was awesome this year. Yeah, no, he was great this year, but it's like, or end his rookie year, but it, it's one hit. Like, they, they still have a long way to go. Like Raymond, who they who came after Raymond? I'm just looking here now, messing around. Sanderson, Drysdale. Okay, so Raymond still looks like he was the best available there, unless someone else steps up. Maybe Sanderson. I mean, we'll Cider goes. Cider goes probably what's a two in that draft now. Maybe yeah, three to Caulfield. Obviously, Hughes won. Then you got Caulfield, Zegers, um, Cousins. Cider, I'd probably put Cider at two, just because defense, really good defenseman, has potential to probably be, I don't want to say another Nick Lidstrom, but have a very long, successful NHL career. I still got time for Bowen Byram. I mean, I, it's an interesting one. It's a very interesting one. You see Byram, very good player, hasn't stayed healthy, a lot of interesting, not off the ice issues, but health issues, so... I do, I do think Byram is a good player, but I think you have to go Cider now just over the ability he's been playing more. Yeah, Bo just went uh, like Super Saiyan in the playoffs and then won the Cup. So, um, yeah, no, you definitely take you definitely take Byram or you take Cider over Byram. But um, you know, if Byram stays healthy, I think that he can become a really good player in this league. It's just about you know solving his health issues with you know out of his hands and it's in the F's hands so we'll see that's that's depressing to talk about but yeah i guess i guess they've been drafting well for slot but dylan cousins would have been good there i don't know that was a fun I, I don't know. Draft. it just feels like they don't have anything really to, they just never trade their guys for first like you should trade bertuzzi for first like way back when mantha for a first like i actually I think they got a first for Mantha. i don't remember what happened um they got verana in a first maybe was that it they definitely wait for who excuse me for mantha yeah they did get a first and uh verana for mantha and then verana yeah, that's really another unfortunate way. situation there am i going to give steve ui a million excuses because i don't care about him the Verona stuff, that's just devastating. He's such a good, talented player, and for him to be out for that long, thankfully, hopefully he's doing better now. And they basically get rid of him for pennies. It sucks. It's unfair. I just hope he has a nice season with St. Louis again because he's a very good player. 
Yeah, they got the goalie with the 15th overall. But, like, the trades they made this year at the deadline for Bertuzzi and Hironek, they probably should have made, like, when this rebuild was kicking off, um, just so that they'd be at year four and making serious progress. That That's always been my take about the Iser plan. Like, they acted like they had no assets when they kind of did, um, and they just didn't want to move them. Fair. Very fair. Jake? Yeah, I'm not going to say too much. You guys pretty much covered it all pretty well. So I'll say this. If if that loser wants to go home instead of playing for a playoff team and wants to play for that mid, you guys are playing team, he can go fuck himself. Like I, This is such a weird – I was saying this to Ryan before. It's just a, like his comparison to the, just the Trevor Bauer stuff. It's really – it's a weird saga. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of rumors coming out. The deal is agreed to, but – they're talking to Dupernicke's agent. Uh, I don't know if we're in. Uh, it's up to us in Detroit. Oh, now Seattle might be in. Oh, now Anaheim might be back. It's like, it's a lot. I just want it to be over. Like, I don't even care. Like, it's it's going to suck because, you know, adding a guy who scored 40 goals twice, it would be nice for the lineup. But if he doesn't want to be here, he doesn't want to be here. And, I, you know, I just want it to be over. And maybe we'll move on to the next guy. Um, that we can you be used for leverage for, but yeah, I mean that's really yeah. I mean it's just a weird saga, and we'll see what happens. Ryan, do you want to say who these next guys could possibly be? Hey, there's a bunch of guys that could possibly be many ways to take this conversation. But first, uh, first name on my board, throwing darts at the board, is the Vladimir Tarasenko situation, which is honestly pretty, pretty crazy at this point. Um, so it's he's uh, we AJ hyped him up before the offseason a lot. I'm I'm very sold on Tarasenko. I had people in my mentions today being like, he's old. He wouldn't be good. Uh, he'll he'll only be good for another one or two more years. And I'm like, wait, what years are the Islanders? trying to be good oh the, oh the next year the next two years oh that, that might be a good decision there um but yeah no so vladdy um he was supposed to be down to ottawa or carolina as his decision point and he wound up firing his agent after he was elliot reported that he had something in place with ottawa um someone from the athletic reported that he had a deal in place with the canes and they just fired his agent and said he's restarting so apparently he's hearing from a ton of teams the way my read on the situation's been was he had very similar offers from Ottawa and um, and Carolina. So he had like, let's call it, this is a guesstimate, but let's call it three years by $5 million deals with both teams. Uh, he had something similar in both departments and he wants Ottawa because they have good talent. So he's like, okay, I'll go to Ottawa. And then he, they tell him, okay, you have to wait for this to bring it thing to be done. And he's like, okay, so he's going to wait. Then his agent goes back to Carolina, gets another offer. It leaks. Ottawa pulls their offer. The new team pulls their offer. and Or Carolina would be the new team. So the Carolina Hurricanes pull their offer. He's back to square one. So what he does is he fires his uh, agent, who was the guy that worked with Semyon Varlamov on his contract with the Islanders, uh, for these guys, uh, CC, CAA. Uh, which do represent some guys on the island, um, you know, not, nothing crazy. It's just he's listening to offers from teams again. Um, in my opinion, this comes down to a decision. Are we going to want to keep Pajot around, or do we think that opening the cap space up for Tarasenko would work? In my opinion, I make that trade-off because this team needs offense, and Pajot is a very good player, but I think you can still get value out of his contract that might not be available next year um, in case he does regress a little bit. Um, and I think you could probably get a second-round pick for him at this point from someone. So we'll see. It's interesting. But I, I think Pajot could find a new home and we could bring in to bring Cat or not to bring Cat uh, here. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko had a pretty cheap cap hit. It's kind of funny how you said I was hyping him up at the uh, start of free agency or whatever you said. I really don't know how I feel about getting Tarasenko. I've been thinking about it. I've been seeing people talk about it. Yeah, would it be nice to get Tarasenko? 100%. Good player. Great player. The injury history is always going to be there. The concerns are always going to be there. My big thing is you have to trade Pajot to get Tarasenko. Now, obviously trading Pajot, you're going to get a second round pick probably or something. 
around that value. So you get an asset and you get to bring in a really good player, which is pretty appealing. I can't lie. You also lose KG Pajot, though, who is very... I'm not going to say very hard to re replace, but it's not going to be easy to replace him, especially with a weaker free agency crop that we have at this point. You could move Pierre Engvall down to the third line center. You could do that. Could work, but then your third line gets a little bit weaker, obviously. Mix and match whatever you want. I don't know if trading Pajot for Tarasenko is a move here. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I see both sides. I'm not going to complain either way, no matter the outcome. I think Pajot definitely helps you win a cup. I don't know how much closer Tarasenko gets you to a cup than maybe having... I don't want to say Pajot. I do think Pajot could be a, a better playoff performer. Not, not playoff performer, but brings what you need to win a cup. But you also need that goal scorer. So it's a real two-sided argument. There's no wrong answer in my opinion. Both players are very useful for Stanley Cup winning teams. It's just which way do you want to go about it. Do you want to finally get that winger and then really lose a very, very key depth piece for maybe someone who isn't that young? I don't know. That's how I'm looking at it. There's no wrong answer. I'm kind of fine with whatever either way. Just don't give Tarasenko too much term is my thing. Buddy, you're negotiating with Lou Lamorella. Of course there's going to be term to keep the AAV down, man. Signed Tarasenko to an eight-year by one million or seven-year by one million dollar contract, uh, something crazy like that. I don't know. I mean, like it, there are alternatives to trading Pajot. That's not the only way they could do it. They could also get rid of Ross. They could get rid of Mars. Get rid of Clutter. There's there's ways to do it. It's just those ways are very. Um, you know, scraping the barrel, like we're going to become a team like Vegas or Toronto, where the cap situation is going to be managed very actively on a day-to-day -day basis, um, which, you know, maybe, maybe we could do it, but it, it seems a little frustrating. I know teams like the Rangers got caught up with um, emergency call-ups and call-downs that had them lose some roster players for some days, but, you know, it's it's interesting. We, we, we can scrape it with Pajot. It just would take a really big, like, you know, organizational commitment to be a cap team. Yeah, and it's definitely doable. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that have to vary, and I think it's a little bit too much overhaul to make it happen, but we'll see. It's just kind of funny because I was pretty gung-ho for uh, Tarasenko day one, but I think that's before the Mayfield and Varlamov contracts dropped. Not saying those are bad deals, but I didn't really expect the Mayfield one to happen. I expected Varley to be a little bit lower. I don't know. Uh, one guy you could get, and I know Rosner put this out as an article today for center, and I think this people are calling this guy washed and old and not that great anymore. And you know what? Fair, maybe. I kind of disagree as Jonathan Taze. If you don't want him for being a part of the Chicago Blackhawks team, those scandals, more than fine in my opinion. I understand that. I think as a cheap third-line center, he'd be fine, though. You're obviously losing the defensive aspect. He's not that good defensively anymore compared to J.G. Pajot. He's still very good on face-offs, though. He still does have those injury concerns, though, and he put up a decent amount of points this year. I don't think he's really the answer, but if you get Tarasenko and Taze for Pajot, I think that's a pretty fine trade-off, and you get like a second-round pick. I'd be pretty happy with that, but... Ryan, what do you think? I know you were pretty unfond of the Jonathan Taze idea. No, Jonathan Taze was a captain of that Chicago Blackhawks team. I don't want him. Um, you know, we have four. We have we have so many centers already. We have five centers. I think the issue would be we cut down on a center and we have more space now. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really see the need to replace it with washed Jonathan Taves. I mean, he has health issues too. Uh, we need someone in that three C spot who's going to play all eighty two if they're going to come here. You know, you can do the idea where it's going to be Horvat. You know, you move everyone down in the lineup. Um, Horvat, 1C or 2C, Barzal, 
Nelson, and then you just try to optimize their wingers and try to find like good fits. I don't know if I trust Lane to do that. But also, like that cheap three C idea is, you know, Pierre Engvall. We have six centers on the roster, six guys who have played center in the NHL. We don't need Jonathan Taze, and that's not even me not liking him as a person because he used to be one of my favorite players. He wound up being an absolute scumbag. I just I don't want him anywhere near the team and the culture we're building here. And I don't think he wants any part of us either. To be fair. I don't know. Lou has that weird pull with guys, but yeah, I understand not wanting him because of the Chicago allegations. Not really allegations, more just being no, a dick. Like the fact, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I wanted to correct myself there. Captain the, yeah, yeah, captain of that scumbag team. But some people might overlook all that stuff and just look at the hockey aspect, which I'm not going to tell people how to live their life, so I'm just going to put the idea of Jonathan Taze out there. But I don't I wouldn't be the most fond of the idea on paper. Sure, it looks pretty good, but there's just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I don't like. Yeah, it's it's not like in Patrick Kane because he has his own baggage on the side, but, you know, Taves was the captain in the room, and it's very clear he knew what was going on there, and, you know, it's it'd be like hiring Quinville as coach, basically. We don't need a guy like that on the team or in the room. Is there anyone else that's really out there center-wise? Not yeah. really. The free agent pool is pretty much dead. I mean, there's. I mean, trade-wise, there's Lindholm. Um, I don't know why you trade for him to be a three C, but you know, there's a uh, Lindholm on the you know Calgary. Uh, yeah, guys left. Uh, just looking at the list now. It's Tarasenko, Kane, Dumba, Comtois. Tatar, Taves, Tyler Mott, man, we could go with him. I wouldn't hate that. I would for, I mean, I guess for depth, sure, but I'd rather play Julian Gauthier at that point. Yeah, exactly. I don't really, no one really still a free agent is moving me too much. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't really think there's too many. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find, like, remaining NHL. Oh, there we go. Uh, Tarasenko, Kane leading the crop. Yeah, so it's it's a very short list. I mean, one of these guys, Zach McEwen, gets signed to it. Thomas Nosek still out there. I know that was your original plan, AJ. Um, Could it happen? Suter. Yeah. Dennis Gurionov. He is in a center, but... Gurionov's interesting. He has a few options, apparently. I think... Someone said that a few days ago. Gary? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's underperformed, underwhelming, not great defensively. Good goal scorer, possibly. It's kind of like Walsham, but Russian. No, not even Walsham's a fine two-way player at this point. He's not lacking that bad in his own his own zone. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that we're going to see go away to the KHL for a couple of years and come back and be a monster in their 30s. Yeah, I can see that. I think he's one of those guys at this point. Um, you know, the the old Radulov slash, um, you know, Dadunov. Daddy. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it'd have to be the trade market. I've seen a lot of Hannafin talk. I, I know, like, I've, I've thought about it both ways. If we put Noah Hannafin next to Noah Dodson, that would be so sick. It would be really cool and good. Uh, the thing is, Vancouver, or the, you know, Calgary Flames are going to ask for Noah Dodson or a first-round pick for us to basically, you know, pay a defense so much money when we need offense. Um, right now, our defense is fine. I'm not freaking out. I think Aho and Bolduc are perfectly fine six defensemen. This is not last summer where we're freaking out over our six defensemen. We have a good sixth option, an okay and growing seventh option. I am perfectly fine with the defensive core right now. We need a forward. Yeah, uh, spot on there. Hannafin, good player. Does it really make sense, though? Hey, if he's playing with Noah Dobson... And you yell at Noah. It's only 50% chance it will be Dobson's fault here. So maybe that's one positive. But he's a very good player. You just need the winger at this point. You can go out there. Look at some guys. Like maybe you're not getting Nylander. But William Nylander. Maybe a Troy Terry. Who else is really out there that we can get? Connor I don't Garland. know. Who? Connor Garland. Connor Garland. I mean, yay. I, I would like Garland right, right personally. Up your alley. 
I would like Connor Garland, but I'm not gonna, you know, it's not like I'm gonna do Aguero and celebrate after we get, like, I'll be happy if we get Connor Garland, but I'm not gonna be head over heels. I'd rather get the DeBrinket or a more proven guy. Garland would be good next to Barzal if, and if Horvat liked him when he was there, do it, I guess. If he, if he doesn't come here, I think that speaks more to uh, Horvat's opinion on him than anything. If he really liked him that much, he would probably tell Lou to consider getting him. And he still might. Never know. If we're, if we're really interested, too, Lou might not even know who he is. Stop with that crap. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, so annoying. You know, you could just get him for free next summer is the thing because there's not going to be a Connor Garland market unless he explodes yeah, this season. Yeah, but you want to win a cup this year, not next year. You want to try to make the best team possible right now for next year. I think Garland does make us better. Really a part of that, well, I, he's uh, definitely, definitely better than Simon Holmstrom. Yeah, that's yeah, the He's a 40, 50 point player. He's a good. Play. He's a very good player. He's a very solid NHL player. There's no doubt about that. There's no debating that at all. Connor Garland's a very good NHL player. Does he push us to the same level that Tarasenko would? No. No. But if Tarasenko's injured, sure, maybe. Is he better than DeBrinket? He makes a lot more money than Simon Holmstrom. I mean, yeah. Everyone does, except us. Uh, not you and Gautier. Oh man, got to There's a cool lane here where we pull off a Nylander trade. No, maybe it gets sucking and I would be off. It would have to be. It would have to start at Dobson. It would have to be like Dobson, Walsham, a first, plus, plus. It's not gonna be that much. They're over the cap. They need to make a trade. Yeah, so they can't take on. Yeah, the cap but That's sure, you could say that. But also, they want to get. Uh, they can get better packages from other teams. I do think Dobson's very valuable, though, so... I know some people have said otherwise. I still think Dobson holds great value as a young right-hand defenseman that has put up two 50-point years. Those grow on trees. They... Those do not grow on trees, that's correct. But... I... It's... I would love to know what Dobson's true value is from a random GM right now. You know, they have those, uh... Not the, uh, what did the Flyers' former GM say? They had, like, a, a trade app that they play around with? I'd love to use one of those and see what Noah Dobson's trade value is to certain teams around the league. Yeah, like a trade value app. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Dobson has value. He has, he has uh, 100 NHL points in two seasons under the age of, like, 23. Um, uh, you know, if you want a guy from the Canucks and you're looking at, um, we're, we're doing Canucks, so we're, we're becoming the Canucks again, but, uh, Brock Besser is still out there if they'll need some of the cap hit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was supposed to be moved. Another guy, if Bo Horvat puts in a good word for him, sure. I'm cool with that. He's, it's been very quiet. The Canucks quiet. are three million over the cap. What? <laughs> that's why I'm not really that I, I'm going to be upset if we don't get the Brinkett I think we're getting one of the guys from the Canucks it only makes so much sense with getting Horvat they're over the cap they have a lot of good wingers and they're trying to not be that great or you never know with them they might actually try to win the Stanley Cup this year with that terrible team they signed Ian Cole to do something. I, I don't know what they're doing. Was it a one-year or two-year deal for It Ian was a one-year for $3 million. Well, yeah, at the at you know the minimum, they could just flip him at the deadline and get a very nice return for one of the better defensive defensemen in hockey. It's they gave well. three years. Yeah, yeah. three years by $3 million. Oh, um, so never mind then. They want him to uh, retire as a Canuck and they'll have Ian Cole Knight. <laughs> yeah, this is all just very silly. Because they're over the cap by $3 million at this point. He's a good hockey player. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to crap on them. on the move. But didn't they also sign Carson Soucy, too? Yeah, that's what we were just saying. Susie yeah, we just said that. I didn't hear it. Um, yeah, they made good NHL moves, but, like, are we going to contend now? Is Demko going to no. bounce back? Is everything going to go right? Is Aturatu not going to be a bum? I don't know. 
I really don't he's think. Dolphin. I really don't see what I, I'm. I'm not rooting down on the kid. Could he be a very good NHL player? Sure. I don't think it's for you know as much of a luck as people made it out to be when we traded him for Bo Horvat. I think we easily won that deal. What was it? It was uh, the pick was I forget who the Red Wings got with the second pick, some mid first round prospect. Oh no, they actually got a good player. They got um Palika. Yeah, which, they got Palika. Yeah. Yeah, which that's I mean I don't I still don't really care. It's whatever. Palika who might not play more than a hundred NHL games. Uh, Atu Ratu and a Beauvillier who needed the change of scenery for Bo Horvat. I will take that trade any day of the week because Palika also can't haunt us because he was a Detroit Red Wing or now is a Detroit Red Wing. Twice on Sundays. Well, I mean, he's a Detroit Red Wing every day, not just on. Not no, no, on I'm Sundays. saying I'm doing. I do the trade every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah, you can tell me that for free. Oh, yeah, give us Bo back half retained. Let's do that. I, this te- I'm looking at their cap friendly. It's a mess. Um, there's a lot of teams over the cap. Like that. That's why Nylander might be a lane, but who knows what they're going to want back. Uh, you know, genuinely do not know what that's going to look like, but it, it'll be fun. We'll just play it by year. Let's see how the Debrincat thing works out. Hopefully, it figures itself out this weekend. Um, you know, we could give you guys a pod again next week if it if, if something crazy happens. But um, it's it's gonna be interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not. Cause I'm gonna be away. So we'll see. Desperate times might have to call for desperate measures here. That's right. Um, we get to wrap? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So, everyone, uh, thank you for listening to the pod so far. Really appreciate it, guys. Uh, you can follow AJ on Twitter at DeVito Hockey. You can follow Dake on Twitter at Ron Dakey. You can follow myself on Twitter at Rob Martin. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. All our other socials are there. Uh, thanks for the continued support. We're going to try to go like an episode a week or so the rest of the summer. Um, hyped to have you guys around. You know, expect more kind of looser episodes like this one where we're just like drawing out names and talking about some draft classes that's how last summer went uh if there's no news in islander world but hopefully uh the summer of lou 2.0 keeps going and uh thanks for listening guys peace